Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. We're going to read the Bible together. There's some information there on the back of your screen. I'm going to read Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. But kids, there's another passage there that you can have open as well if you've got your Bibles there. But I'm going to read Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, and then Sam's going to come up and preach for us. This is what God's Word says. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Good morning, everyone. My name's Sam, and it's my uh, privilege and pleasure to be opening this part of God's Word with you again this week, the second week in a row. Um, Before we do that, though, how about we pray and come before God? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your Bible. We thank you that every time we read it, you speak to us. We pray that this morning you would help us to listen and to trust that these words are true, And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There are only uh, 19 sleeps left until the Tokyo Olympics. That's right, Tokyo Olympics. And, And for some people, that's really exciting news, isn't it? Especially since we've had to wait five years since the last Games. But I know that not everyone's excited by the Olympics but whether you're someone who gets excited by the games or, or, or you're someone who, who's just kind of sick of hearing about them in the news or you're somewhere in between, there's something we all know about the Olympics and that is if you want to compete in the Olympics, you have to be good enough. You have to be good enough. The Olympics aren't just like a fun run where everyone's encouraged to participate. No, to be an Olympic athlete, you've got to put yourself through years of hard work and training. And unless you work really hard and train for a long time, you won't qualify. Unless you put in the effort, you won't be good enough for the Olympics. And it's incredible how many people in our society believe that the same thing's true when it comes to a relationship with God. That in order to be right with God, you've got to be good enough for God. But what would that look like? What does it look like to be good enough for God? Well, last week we looked at Hebrews chapter 1, 1 to 3 together, and we learned a lot from these verses about prophets, who they are, what they do to bring God to the people. Well, this week, as we consider this same passage, we're going to think about a different group of people, a group of people who are crucial characters in the Bible and whose job it is to help people be good enough for God. In Hebrews 1 verse 3, we come across these strange words. 
he had provided purification for sins. And these are very religious words, which, which are meant to remind us of the only group of people who can help others be good enough for God. Priests. Priests. And although there's people alive today who call themselves priests, the picture we get in the Bible is, is quite a different picture than what those people today show us. Because the priests of the Old Testament are central to the rituals and religion of Israel and are necessary for the people because only they can help the people be good enough for God. And not just good enough to get into heaven, but, but good enough for God while they're still living on earth. Because ordinary citizens of Israel, people, people like you and me, not, aren't able to access God directly. Only a priest can bring the people to God and help the people be good enough for God. But what is it about these priests that make them so special, so different from everyone else? Well, in Leviticus chapter 21, verse 10, God says that the high priest is the one among his brothers who has had the anointing oil poured on his head and who has been ordained to wear the priestly garments. Strange language, I know. But to be anointed and ordained means to be set apart from everyone else. And the only other people in the Old Testament who were set apart were, were kings and prophets. Kings were really important because they brought peace to the kingdom. And as we saw last week, prophets were really important because they brought God to the people. And so if priests are set apart like kings and like prophets, then that must mean that the priests are really important too. And that's right, because priests bring the people to God by helping the people be good enough for God. That's why they've been set apart from everyone else. But how exactly do the priests help the people be good enough for God? Does, does every Israelite need a priest, or, or just the really rotten people who have done the really rotten things? Well, well, the reason that the priests are set apart from everyone else is because God requires perfection. God requires perfect, perfection. After all, he, he is a, the perfect, good, and, and loving creator. He deserves perfection from his people. We actually see this in the way that he made all people. See, see, when God made us, he made us to live in a perfect relationship with him. He made us so that we might love him and honor him and desire him above everything else but the problem is we've actually made quite a mess of that every day we sin we sin by by loving other things more than we love god by by honoring other people more than we honor god by desiring other stuff like like money and fame and popularity more than we desire god every day we sin and so we've ruined our relationship with God. If you were playing cricket in your backyard and, and you hit the ball over the fence and it smashed through your neighbor's window, you would owe your neighbor a new window or at least the money to fix it. By ruining your neighbor's window, you would owe a debt to your neighbor. 
When we sin by loving, honouring and desiring things other than God, we ruin so much more than a window. We ruin our relationship with God and so now we owe a debt to God. Each of us owe a debt to God for what we've broken. As Romans 6.23 tells us, the wages of sin is death. There is a debt to pay. And since God requires and deserves perfection, and it was a perfect relationship that we broke, the only way to fix what we broke and cover our debt before God is to pay Him back with a perfect life. A perfect sacrifice must be made to clear our debt before God. So yes, every Israelite needs a priest. In fact, every person needs a priest. Because it's the priest's job to help the people be good enough for God. And the way the priest does that is by offering God a perfect sacrifice. The priest would enter the temple where only priests could go, because they're the ones who have been set apart, and step into God's presence, because the temple was where God was, and the priest would stand before God and sacrifice not a person, because there's no such thing as a perfect person. We're all sinners. Now, the priest would sacrifice an animal, and not just any animal, but it had to be a perfect animal, because God requires and deserves perfection. It had to be an animal without any blemishes, without any marks or scratches or scars or spots or deformities or diseases. That's what made the perfect sacrifice. And this kind of sacrifice would need to be made any time an Israelite sinned. Every day, multiple times a day, these perfect, spotless animals would have to be sacrificed over and over and over and over again. And the sounds and the smells and the stains that those sacrifices would make day in and day out, they would have been gruesome, disgusting. But that was the point. Our sin is gruesome. Our sin is disgusting. Sin is deadly. And sin costs a perfect life. And God didn't want His people to forget that. So that's why He gave them priests, to help the people be good enough for God by sacrificing the perfect life of another in order to fix and pay for the damage the people each caused because of their sin. It was a gruesome system, but that's how the people in the Old Testament were made good enough for God. Unfortunately, though, this attempt to be good enough wasn't enough. It could never be enough. Because God's the perfect, good, and loving Creator who requires and deserves perfection from His people. And the life of an animal, no matter how perfect and innocent, can't actually clear the debt we owe to God. Their perfect lives aren't enough to pay for what we've done. Sacrificing an animal to pay for what we've done would be like replacing your neighbor's window 
with a piece of paper instead of glass. It might work as a very temporary solution, but it can't get rid of the problem. The window's still not fixed. Our relationship's still not fixed. Hebrews 10.4 says, It is impossible, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Sacrificing an animal isn't enough to pay for what we've done. So we need a better sacrifice. We need a better sacrifice. And as for the priests, well, at the end of the day, these priests are just people like you and me. Just as we sin every day, the priests also sin every day. Which means they're having to make sacrifices not only for their people, but for themselves as well. Hebrews 5, 1-3 tells us this. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He himself is subject to weakness. This is why he, the high priest, has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. So the lives of animals aren't enough to cover the debt we owe to God. We need a better sacrifice. And the priests are sinners too. We need a better priest. We need a priest who can bring us to God and make us good enough for God. And not just for a little while, but we need a better priest who can make us good enough for God all the time by clearing our debts so that we can live in that perfect relationship with God forever. That's what we need. Because without that, we've got no hope of any kind of life after death. Without someone who can make us good enough for God, without someone who can pay our debt and fix our relationship with God, we're destined for hell, aren't we? If eternal life is living with God in heaven, then your relationship's going to need to be fixed before you get there. And since you can't fix what you broke, you can't give God a perfect life. You need someone, a better priest, who can. We need a better priest who can make us good enough for God and fix what we've broken. But where are we going to find that person? Where are you going to find someone who's not only living without sin, but who's actually got a sacrifice to offer God that's big enough to pay for all of your sins? We already read in Hebrews 10 verse 4 that it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But check out what the rest of that passage says. Verse 5, Therefore when Christ, when Christ came into the world, by the way, that, that word Christ, it means anointed one. And it's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus, the Son of God, who has been set apart like a high priest. Therefore, when Christ, when Jesus came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not deserve, desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God, my God. 
Jesus is saying to God the Father, you didn't have me leave my throne in heaven to just come to earth to do what every other priest has done. No, God, you, you sent me here to offer more than just an animal sacrifice. You clothed me in human flesh. You prepared a body for me so that I could become the perfect human. Because Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being who sustains all things by His powerful Word. Hebrews 1 verse 3. This Jesus is God come as a man. And since Jesus is God who is fully man, He isn't able to sin. And since Jesus is a man who is fully God, He is able to to not sin. He's better than a perfect, spotless, unblemished animal. Because he's the perfect, spotless, unblemished human. One who not only lives without sin, but who lives in a perfect, unbroken relationship with God. This is the guy. This is the better priest that we need. And what is the will of God that Jesus has come to do? Jesus has come to not only be the perfect priest for us, but he has come to offer up his perfect life and become the perfect sacrifice for us. Here I am, it is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, O God. And then down in verse 10, it says, And by that will, by that will, we, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Jesus gave up his perfect life by dying on the cross to pay for all the damage that you caused, that I caused. He's not only the better priest, but he's the better sacrifice that we need. Jesus is better and to really put it into perspective, it only took Jesus three hours, three hours to accomplish and fulfill on the cross what thousands upon thousands, even millions of Old Testament sacrifices couldn't do. As Jesus hung there on that dirty cross in the most gruesome display of torture and death, taking all your sins on himself. He stood between you and God as your sacrifice and priest to forever remove your debt. And from the moment that you put your trust in him as your priest, his sacrifice deems you good enough before God. And your relationship with God is made perfect forever. Jesus truly is the better priest we all need. So often we think our good works can cover over the bad stuff we do. Even as Christians, we, we know, we know that our good works can't save us. 
and yet we so easily act as if they do. When we sin, we we easily slip into thinking that, that a sacrifice needs to be made, that we need to quickly do a bunch of good things to make up for what we've done. When, when I have an argument with my wife, Lauren, often my default is to go out and buy, buy her Cinnabon or a box of donuts or, or a nice pastry because I know that these things, they're things that she likes and I think that somehow my good works by, by buying these things for her will fix what I've broken in our relationship. And we do the same kind of thing with God, don't we? When we sin... We start to worry that we've angered God and and so we think that we need to prove to him that we're still good enough. We think that our good works and and offerings will will somehow cover over the bad stuff that we've done. From the moment we get up in the morning to the moment we go to bed, every day we try to do things that will please God and keep us on his good side. That somehow, some way, our efforts, our good works will remind him that we're still good enough despite being sinners. But where does this actually get us? Well, either our efforts of being good for God lead us to self-righteousness, of giving ourselves a pat on the back because we think that we've done a good enough job, or our efforts of being good for God lead us into fear fear and discouragement, and we we end up running away from God, afraid that he'll never want anything to do with us again. Our good works can't cover over the bad stuff that we do. They can't. Yeah, your sin makes you as heavy as lead. And yes, your sins caused your relationship with God to be broken. And since you're as heavy as lead and disconnected from the God who made you, you're now just falling with great weight and great pressure towards hell. And even though you try to do good works to please God, your good works are useless to save you, useless to keep you from falling into hell. Because your good works act like a spider's web trying to stop a falling rock. Our good works cannot cover over the bad stuff that we do. And they won't be enough to keep you from hell. When the New Testament calls us to do good works, it's never for the purpose of saving us. No, when we're called to do good works for God, it's always as a response to what God has already done for us in saving us through the better priest, the better sacrifice, Jesus Christ. We need to stop slipping into the habit of trying to be our own priests. We can't bring ourselves to God. Our good works, our sacrifices can't make us good enough for God. You're not a high priest. And even if you were, 
There is nothing you could possibly offer God that's better than what the priests of the past offered Him. And as we've already seen, even those sacrifices weren't nearly good enough. Millions of unblemished, spotless animals can't compare to the sacrifice of God's one and only eternal Son. That's why we need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Because only when our trust in Jesus is our sin dealt with, our debt paid, our guilt removed, and our relationship with God made perfect forever. Only Jesus, the better sacrifice, the better priest, can make you good enough for God and save you from the eternal death that you deserve because of your sin. So next time you're tempted to cover over your sin with good works, come instead to Jesus. Come instead to Jesus. Lay your sins bare before Him and seek His forgiveness. Because only Jesus... And his sacrifice can make you good enough before God forever. Let's come to Jesus now and let's pray together to our high priest. Our Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Our priest who sits at your right hand interceding for us. Father, we thank you for your words to us this morning. We are sorry for our sin, that when we sin, we turn away from the perfect relationship that you have have made us to live in with you. We have ruined that in our sin. And our sin, it costs a perfect life. Father, we owe you a perfect life. And yet, Father, through Jesus Christ, your Son, your eternal Son, you have given us that perfect life. He has paid our debt before you. His sacrifice is enough to cover our sins yesterday, today, and forever. He is our priest who perfectly offers a perfect sacrifice of himself before you for our sins to cover us and pay our debt. So we are eternally grateful to you, Lord God, and we pray that we would come to you. When we sin, that we would come to you in Jesus' name, asking for forgiveness, knowing that he has covered our debt and made us right with you. Please help us to live as though these words are so true of our lives. Help us to come to Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.